The Unclaimed Property Podcast does not provide legal advice or tax advice. Please consult a licensed attorney for any legal advice pertaining to unclaimed property and consult a licensed certified public accountant or your tax preparer for any tax advice regarding unclaimed property. Any legal or tax-related statements made on the Unclaimed Property Podcast are anecdotal and used for illustrative purposes only. The Unclaimed Property Podcast is where you'll learn about the fascinating world of unclaimed property. Most importantly, you'll learn how to find your unclaimed property, retrieve it, and bring it back home, where it belongs. We keep things simple, interesting, and fun. Join us to learn how you can easily put more money in your pocket. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. This is your host, John Marcroft, and I'm joined by uh, my co-host, uh, my name is Courtney Moss. So, John, um, I got to be honest with you. I I know what unclaimed property is now. Uh, I know why it matters. Uh, I know, you know, at one point in the future, I'll have unclaimed property. Everyone I know will have unclaimed property. Um, so it's something, you know, I should be aware of. I should be keeping an eye out for. But, you know, how big of a problem is this? How much money is out there. Like, let's talk, you know, let's talk numbers. I want to, I want to know some more concrete details about all of this. Numbers. Yes. Numbers are one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you I, how much time I have spent in my career with a calculator. It's like, it's been a relationship, but, um, but yeah, that's, I'm glad you, you, you know, and care about the numbers because that's uh it's way over my head. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's just a matter of it's like it's like anything else, right? The time that you spend invested into it uh, is kind of like what you'll get out of it. And uh, my confession is, I've spent way too much of my life uh, uh, calculating things. In my opinion, looking back, but it does have some upsides to it, especially during a conversation like this. But most people, frankly, I found. Uh, and maybe you can relate to this, just are bored to death with numbers. Yep. I mean, the last, last thing most people want to discuss, right, is, is like how, how the numbers crunch on something. Yeah, I try to avoid any sort of math at all costs. <laughs> I did great in math, uh, like up to the third grade. I, I mean, starting at the third grade, I guess I should say I loved math in the third grade. It was like my favorite subject. And then then I got to the 10th grade and back in those days we did geometry in the 10th grade yep. and I just got lost. I got lost in all the angles and the calculations and everything. And then, and, and then what I call creative math, you know, it's not creative math. I know that now, but, but like algebra and stuff like that, X plus Y equals whatever. Mm -hmm. And to me, it felt like, you know, this doesn't feel like math. This feels like something else. And so I kind of thought of it as creative math. But anyway, I got out of that. I, you know, I, I got through school. I managed to, you know, get through those classes. And then I got into, um, you know, my career field. And all of a sudden math became like, like creative math, you know, came, became very fascinating to me, uh -huh. meaning like algebraic equations and things like that to figure things out. And so, um, I'm not formally trained. I can't, I can't own that. That's not who I am, but I've spent a ton of time, ton of, ton of my personal time learning, uh, how it all works. And, um, yeah, again, 
a lot of time invested, but, but there are good numbers out there that are reported regarding unclaimed property. It's really the interpretation of those numbers that's important. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where there's a lot of weedy stuff. You know, you can get lost in the weeds really quickly. Right. Well, that's why, you know, that's why we got you to, uh, to be our, our guide through those, uh, through those well, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I might know it. If it can come out of my mouth in a way that people can understand it. Awesome. Uh, so I'll do my best to, to, uh, to communicate it in a way that's understandable. Right. Um, so let's see. Um, there are a lot of different reports out there that focus on unclaimed property. And if you do any amount of online research, you'll find numbers that are reported that seem to be, you know, competing with each other. They're, they're at odds with each other as to what's what. And the reason behind that is because the reporting body uh, is, is perhaps um, uh, giving information that relates to uh, a similar item but they're defining it somewhat differently than somebody else that's reporting it, a different state or what have you. And so it's difficult if you don't really know what you're looking at when you're doing online research pertaining to unclaimed property to really land on uh, some information that's going to be you know, helpful to your personal life. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's important to have an idea of how much money is out there and how many people it affects, you know, throughout the nation. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, my, uh, part of my thinking in this and, you know, what I've seen in this career path that I've had is that, um, the, the vast majority of adults in the United States are going to have unclaimed property at some point in time in their lives. It's just, it's inescapable, just the way that the numbers crunch. And it was, you know, recently reported that in the United States, there's, there's $70 billion of unclaimed uh, money out there for people to, uh, for people to claim. And that's being held by various states and, and also U.S. Territories. All of these, uh, all states and territories in the United States are required to have unclaimed property laws that that govern um, the process, you know, controlled by their state. And within those laws, there are regulations um, and everything. So, uh, but each of the states has their own uh, value that they're holding, that they're responsible to hold for um, for the their residents, both both. Uh, uh, past and present. And so, um, uh, and then, and then that same report that came out for the United States as a country stated that there's approximately 33 million claimants, you know, rightful claimants in the United States. And I believe that's the, uh, I think that's, uh, the, the terminology that they used, which, which sort of was a head scratcher for me. In fact, both of those numbers are a bit of a head scratcher for me. Because um, I know that there's quite a bit of unclaimed property that is reported that is not cash when it's reported. And so the 70 billion is probably low. 
you know, it's probably uh, uh, certainly north of seventy billion, and uh, and probably north of eighty billion uh, dollars that's out there. I guess it doesn't matter once you get to that number, or th- that kind of a number in the billions. It's like, wow, that's a lot of money. Uh, but if you take that raw data, the seventy billion in value, and you divide it by the approximate number of claimants that are out there, that's a that's about an average of twenty one hundred dollars per claimant that um, that's available for claim. And that's just on an average basis. Some people are going to have a lot more money than that. Of course, other people are going to have a lot less money than that. Um, and, and that's something also to understand is that some of these accounts are quite low in value. Um, however, uh, what happens is most people that have unclaimed property are going to have several accounts. Um, I found that that most people have somewhere in the neighborhood of of maybe three or four accounts. There, if you find one, you're going to likely find find others, and a couple of them might be low value, and the other one will be you know a decent value, be several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars, you know something like that 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 brings the total value of the claim up to a, to a place that makes it worthwhile to spend some time going after it uh, and claiming it. So that's just that's the U.S. kind of raw data in an overarching type of view where uh, we're looking at, um, you know, the total value, uh, which we know, you know, it's in the neighborhood of the true value, but it's going to be low. The number of claimants, 33 million, that lands us at somewhere about one out of six to one out of seven people, because we are talking about adults, uh, not minor children. Um, and so it's, it's a worthwhile um, uh, project to stay on top of this and check it from time to time with any state where you've ever lived. And frankly, a state where um, a late relative lived uh, to whom you're entitled to their estate. You know, if you're an heir to their estate, um, you know, and maybe you live in uh, a Washington state and, but you grew up in, uh, I don't know, uh, California. And uh, that's where your parents passed away. And so you know, there might be unclaimed property in your parents' names in the state of California, and you're living in Washington. Well, you, still, you can still claim that money, uh, even though you no longer live in California, because that you're the rightful heir uh, to that money uh, that your, your parents left. Um, so that's kind of an, an overall view of the big numbers when it comes to the United States as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, personally, I've I've moved several times in the past ten years, um, and you know that number will only increase. I've got family in different states. Um, I've traveled around a lot, so I can imagine that you know this this money would would very easily fall through through the cracks for a lot of people, and you know those numbers seventy billion, eighty billion that. That is mind-boggling. Um, it's definitely something I want to pay attention to. Yeah, it's certainly not chump change. And even you know when you do the the math on those um, on those numbers, and you come up with twenty one hundred dollars. Hey, you know we could all use another twenty one hundred dollars yeah, in absolutely. our bank accounts. I'm sure. And so, it, like I say, it's just it's it's worth uh, staying on top of and just kind of you know saving. Uh, the state where, or states where you've lived in the past, and 
late relatives have lived in the past, just save them to your favorites, you know, uh, on their online uh, search engine that accesses their database uh, for unclaimed property. And you'll be set. I mean, take you a few minutes to do it each Well, time, and you probably. mentioned, you know, one in every six adults, but, you know, I'm sure as more family members pass away, more people become adults, you know, as the, the general life cycle filters through, you know, that, that one in six isn't, isn't a stagnant number, you know, maybe one person claims their unclaimed property and then, you know, another person fills that spot that was left. They, you know, they, uh, they get this unclaimed property or the, 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 the financial assets that do belong to them, you know, somehow fall through the cracks that, that one in six number I'm sure is, is circulating. Well, I mean, that's a good point, and it's a good insight, actually, because you're right in a way. The the one out of six to one out of seven ratio actually is pretty constant. The thing that changes is that let's just, you know, let's just put it this way. So um, let, let's say you have like, I don't know, uh, uh 10 M&Ms, okay? 10 M&Ms. You picture 10 M&Ms in front of you, wherever you're at. And then um, uh, take four of those M&Ms away. Okay, they're gone. Now you're down to six. Mm -hmm. But then 10 more M&Ms come in, right? Right. So so then you take another four out of it and then you you bring another 10 in. And this is how it works. So as as this uh, accumulates over time, this, these unclaimed property accounts, there are more now, now those four, let's just say that those four people, they represent people, those four people, well, they have their accounts, right? And mm-hmm. they're happy. They're skipping to the bank. Um, and then 10 more come in right behind that. Mm-hmm. And then four more of those. So you can see where you right. know, it's going to accumulate over time. Yeah. But it's going to stay at that one. It's not a perfect example. I'm kind of giving you that on the cuff, but um, the idea is the one to six to one to seven ratio remains stagnant and it has for many years now. What doesn't remain stagnant is the people who are affected. Right. Different people every single week, every single month, every single year are affected by this. And therefore, eventually it gets to pretty close to a hundred percent of adults, uh, in the country will realize uh, unclaimed property in their lifetime. Hopefully they'll become aware of it and be able to, you know, claim it and, um, and get that taken care of. But I, I come up with that ratio of, you know, uh, a four out of 10, because that's exactly the way it is in, in California. And, you know, I like to pick on California because that's one of the States uh, that I specialize in. I, I have um, uh, what I would consider to be um, uh a lot of knowledge in how they operate the laws and regulations that control their unclaimed property program. Um, but they actually return around 40% of the reported unclaimed property accounts to the rightful owners or heirs. Well, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty large, uh, uh, error or margin for error there. Right. I mean, so for various reasons, you know, um, either people are not aware of the unclaimed property or, you know, what have you. There might be, there's a million different reasons uh, why people might not move forward in, in collecting what's theirs. 
And there's enough history now where the state's attitude, the state of California, that is, their attitude is that they don't consider the full amount of unclaimed property that they hold to be uh, a, a full liability to them. Meaning that, you know, they report right now that, that they're right around 12 billion wow. uh, in unclaimed property. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big number, but, but that's not all of it because they're also holding some of it in, in uncashed stock. Right. which is not reported as a value because, you know, there's, there's really no practical way right, to value stock. Right. But it's, uh, most of it is going to be probably more valuable than the cash accounts on average. So we're talking, and this is a guesstimate on my part, but we're talking probably closer to 15 billion uh, that's being held in California. Wow. Well, do you know where they keep that money? I have no, no idea. <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, you kind of have to dig to find this stuff out, but uh, they do keep it in their general fund. What happens is uh, once a month, the state of California will will sweep their unclaimed property funds account into the general fund, and they report it as revenue. It oh. is, in fact, the fifth largest revenue source for the state of California. Wow. That's a... Uh... <laughs> that is kind of absurd. Right. I mean, on the face of it, it's like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's a lot of money. Of course, their their budget for the year is north of two hundred billion. So it actually represents a pretty small percentage right. of their obligations. But, well, I don't know uh, about you, but uh twelve billion to California might not be so much, but twelve billion to uh just your average person. That that's not nothing. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's absolutely massive. And if you get a small part of that, then, you know, that'd be a great day. Um, so the, the other thing to understand is that, you know, they can actually use that money to meet their obligations. And this is something that's not well known. Hmm. Uh, the state has a system set up uh, that has of course, is tightly regulated. Let, let me be clear. The state of California is dedicated to returning every penny of this money to rightful owners and heirs. Mm -hmm. However, history uh, tells them that the majority of the money will never be claimed. Wow. And so as a result, you know, the... Uh, the legislative body in the state of California, uh, you know, has decided that, you know, that money should be uh, put to use for the state. And so, um, you know, but if a rightful claimant comes forward, they will pay that claim. So mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't want to at all uh, be misunderstood here. Uh, the state of California has this perpetual uh, obligation written into their law and regulations that they will hold that money for safekeeping in perpetuity uh, for the rightful owners and heirs. However, they do give themselves access to use that money for state needs. And they, what they do, technically speaking, is they borrow against that money at 0% interest. Hmm. So essentially your money, as it sits in the general fund with the state of California, is being borrowed by the state at 0% interest. So you don't get any interest. 
uh, for your money being with the state. Right. And they can use it for their, you know, for the state's needs. Um, but you can imagine at, at only a payout of 40%, well, that leaves 60%, right? Right. That's, and that 60% accumulates over time and it becomes this huge, massive pile of money. That's why since 2015, so in 2015, they reported a little over $7 billion. Wow. Well, well, now we're in early 2024 and they're reporting, well, in 2023, they reported pretty close to 11.9 billion is what they report again. That's not including the value of stocks. And back in 2015, what happened is um, about roughly about maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, California started running into problems with converting stock into cash, meaning selling the shares of stock and converting it into cash because they're short-staffed and they've been short-staffed for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have um, uh, the resources available to invest in getting all of that work done. So a lot of accounts that have been reported in shares of stock have remained in shares of stock and they go unre uh, uh, unrepresented in these overall numbers mm -hmm. because, because again, you know, it's, it's really not at all practical to attempt to value stock while it's still in the form of shares. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I get to kind of a conservative guesstimate of 15 billion is probably closer to reality as far as what California is holding um, for claimants to come forward and claim. Mm -hmm. So, so you can see how since 2015, let's just round it down to like, you know, seven, 7 billion and then 12 billion today. That's at least what was reported in 2015. You know, they were reporting that around, you know, four or 5% of it was being held in shares of stock. Well, Today, I think that number is closer to maybe like 10% because they, they've got this, you know, backlog of accounts that were re originally reported as shares of stock. You know, I'm kind of getting off the topic here, but, but it kind of gives you an idea of when you see numbers that are re being reported as unclaimed property, as far as the, um, say the overall number of what's out there, you can be fairly certain that that number isn't quite accurate. It'll be close, uh, close enough to appreciate, you know, the value of what we're talking about. Right. Uh, it's like I was saying earlier, the difference between 70 billion, 80 billion. Well, you know, in the real world. That's everything. Uh, yeah. 1 billion is a huge amount of money. <laughs> it can't even conceptualize <laughs> how much money that is, let alone 10. Right. I, I, I think the the truly valuable number is, you know, how many people are affected by this? How many people right. out there can expect to receive money through these various unclaimed property programs? And I'm here to tell you, virtually every adult in the United States will right. at some point in time in their life have unclaimed property um, because of just the way that this program works and the way that the numbers crunch on it. Yeah, that, I mean... Listen, and every person I know could could use a you know whether it's a, a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. I mean, that's money is money. Um, you know, better used on an individual level than the state of California. 
you know, that, that money can really, uh, can really do some work for people. And I know that if I had uh, unclaimed property out there, if I had some assets that truly belonged to me, I'd want to go get them. Great attitude. And I, you know, couldn't agree with you more on that. The, um, uh, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, for what, for whatever reason, sometimes we set, set up obstacles for ourselves and, and, and that's okay yeah. because we're human, right? That's, that's kind of how, that's how I operate as a human. I often will set up an obstacle for myself right. and then I'll sit myself down sometimes, right? Like right I right. often do. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Yeah. You're an idiot, you know, right. come on, snap out of it right? and let's get this done because, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the thing I'm struggling with, I just have to identify what it is I'm scared of or what it is that I'm concerned about and, and make that the, the, the lesser of the two concerns, Right. you know, uh, just because I'm not familiar with something doesn't mean I can't figure it out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so, I mean, in this case, you know, um, there's now a, a California claim guide out there with a checklist that makes it super simple and easy. And um, it's it's right there on my website to right. uh, for anybody to go in and purchase and you have it forever. You know, so so let's say you have a few hundred dollars today. OK, great. Not a lot of money, but it's worth going after and you buy the guide for sure. and uh, and go in and get it. And then, you know, a year later, oh, there's a few thousand. Well, you just pull up that PDF that you downloaded and it's still there. You don't have to rebuy it. The law is not going to change to the point where, where you can't obtain that uh, unclaimed property. Uh, the principles remain the same. And, and so it's just one of those, it's kind of like an investor. It's kind of like a tool. It's kind of like one of those tools that you keep yeah. around just for that occasional need, right? It's one of those tools that you almost celebrate when you need it. You know it's what, like you know a, what I mean? it, yeah, it's like a screwdriver. It's, you're not going to use a screwdriver every day, but when you when you need one and you've got it, you're like, I thought like, I don't yes, have to I run to I don't have to run to Home Depot. I've got it already. Uh, I yeah. know what I'm doing now, and uh, thank God, past me had the uh, the foresight to prepare for this moment. There you go, there you go, and I can twist that you know screw in there, tighten it down, and and I'm good to go. Right. Uh, and everybody's safe. Right. Um, <laughs> in this case, it's a document that you just keep saved, and uh, and when you need it, you pull it out, you follow the instructions, and and bam, you know you've got your money. So it's um, it's one of those types of things. But you know, and getting back to how California does things, this is something that is it's something that that, that people raise from time to time in a conversation about unclaimed property. It's something that people, I think, uh, naturally, um, uh, think about, or even, you know, the word suspect comes to mind, but don't have a way of really confirming it. So I can con confirm this particular item now, or this particular thought now. Uh, so California, um, by their own admission, um, has some competing interests going on here because on one hand, they have an obligation to consumer protection, right? So, I mean, in a number of different ways, but in this case, it's unclaimed property. So it's safeguarding people's right. money uh, who can come forward as a rightful claimant and, and retrieve their money. And, and, and the state's obligation is to keep that money 
for them until they come forward. On the other hand, they have an obligation to meet their budget requirements. And so with this being, you know, the fifth largest revenue source for the state of California, there's kind of this, you know, back and forth between mm-hmm. these competing obligations. And it it sort of puts the, uh, you know, the unclaimed property division in this, I think, and, and I, I can't speak from personal experience because I've never worked there, but it seems to me it would put them in the, kind of this weird uh, type of space where, you know, they have an obligation to do their best to return money to people. But at the same time, there's also state officials who have an interest in seeing that, um, that kitty grow, so to speak, you know, see that, that pot of gold increase over time and uh, to, to, uh, to give them access to free money, essentially Mm -hmm. to, to pay the bills. So, and they, they admit this competing interest in, um, uh, their legislative analyst's office uh, report that came out in 2015. It's really interesting t- for me, at least, to dig into that. I can't imagine that that it would be interesting for for uh, you know people outside of this industry. Although some some people might find it interesting, you can find it online uh, where they discuss you know potential changes to the program. And I I have. Uh, you know, in the work that I've done, I've seen some of those recommendations come to pass and others that haven't. And generally speaking, the ones that haven't are the ones that would perhaps be more helpful Mm -hmm. to returning more money to more people. So, um, you know, on the other side of that coin, once people have money in hand, generally what they, what do they do with it? I mean, if you got a check for five hundred dollars from the state of California, what might you do with that money? God, I would do. Uh, I could do a million things. You know, maybe pay off some debts. You know, uh, invest it. Uh, you know, spend it on things that are are worthwhile to me. And there might be some taxes associated with those activities, right? Right. That the state would collect from you. So you'd think that the state would have an interest in getting money out there for people to to consume and then, you know, pay state taxes so that the state gets more money. But, but actually, and this is where I'm coming from as far as, you know, a lot of people have sort of this suspicion that, you know, the state hasn't, has some kind of an interest in this money. And, and yes, they're right. You know, I can confirm that gut feel. The state does have an interest in this money, but at the same time, the state also has an interest in returning the money. And, Mm -hmm. and so there's this push pull going on. Um, within, you know, uh, uh, different comp- competition, so to speak, between different governmental agencies right. that, um, that have their own agendas, so to speak. So it, it's really kind of, you know, interesting at a certain level. But the most important thing, in my opinion, at least, is to realize that, hey, you know, you're going to have unclaimed property in, in your lifetime. Uh, and so be aware of it, look for it, get it out of the state's hands and get it into your own control, into your own hands yeah. so you can use it for, you know, your purposes rather than them using it to fill, I don't know, potholes somewhere. Right, exactly. You know, so, 
Um, any other questions on numbers uh, today, Courtney? I think that that covers it. I mean, I, I'm really shocked to, to hear all those numbers. Um, but, you know, for, for me as a, someone who, who's never known about this unclaimed property before, they're, they're pretty staggering. Um, and, you know, that makes me feel like I, I, I need to and I want to be on the lookout for this going forward. Oh, absolutely. And for some people, it, it can be a life changer. Um, but, uh, you, the majority of people, you know, they're going to be in that average range of maybe, you know, like the overall U S data came in, the raw data says it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,100, you know, per person that has unclaimed property. And so who is that? Yes, my dog. <laughs> who do we have here? What, what's his name? His name's Oswald. Oswald. Oh, awesome name. <laughs> I love that name. And, and what, what breed? He is a wiener dog. No way. Yes, he's a wiener dog named Oswald. He, I just watched him. I have a basket with blankets in it. I watched him knock over the basket and then curl up <laughs> inside of the blankets. That's what he just did. I had a wiener dog when I was uh, a kid. My family had a wiener dog named Doxy. Oh, they're, uh, they are awesome. funny. They are funny animals. They are. And, and extremely, I mean, you know, dogs are loyal anyway, but, but, but dachshunds, wiener dogs are, oh my gosh. in particular, they are just like fierce, you know? I always, I always tell people that, um, Oswald's deepest wish is that he could crawl inside of, uh, my skin and live there. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's pretty obsessed with, he's obsessed with everyone, but specifically me. Uh, I think that if he could live inside of my pocket, that's what he would like. There to you do. go. Fierce, but lovable. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess that brings us to the conclusion of, um, of this episode. Uh, I hope somebody learned something today. Uh, but, uh, certainly I'm, uh, available for clarification, feel free to reach out. Uh, go to the website, simplestup.com. There's a contact page there. Send me a message with a question, comment, uh, whatever you'd like. I'll, I, I'm very good at getting back to people and providing clarification or just discussing anything unclaimed property related. Anyway, I hope you folks have a great day. Hope you tune in again soon. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.